Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeke. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. We've got the Whale Man, Kyle Budzinowski, and in his full Whale Man attire. He's got the hat, he's got the shirt, he's ready to go for week two of the NFL season. We'll get into that at the end of the show. Guys, we have a lot of, a lot to go over. we got some Tigers news to go over. we got some NHL Stanley Cup Finals to kind of talk about. We've got WWE's Clash of Champions pay-per-view next week. We've got Lions talk. we got Michigan talk. we got NBA Conference Finals slash me going ballistic on your LA Clippers, your favorite team ever. So we got a lot of stuff to go over today, guys. Let's just jump right into it. Let's not waste any more time. Um, the biggest news, I think, coming out of for Detroit fans... Um, Ron Gardenhire retiring pretty much immediately. Walked in one day, he's like, I'm going to go to work. And then he's sitting there at his desk and goes, I don't want to work anymore. So that's pretty much um, how it happened, quite frankly. You know, he's got some health issues, apparently. Um, I think he's a cancer survivor as well, uh, Gardenhire is, I believe. I think when he was in Arizona as the bench coach, he had some he had some issues. So he's stepping down immediately, will not be back. Uh, Lloyd McClendon, former Pittsburgh Pirates manager, former Seattle Mariners manager, I believe. He was uh, the Toledo Mudhens, our AAA affiliates uh, manager, I think, for a season as well. Um you know, he's stepping in to fill the void for the rest of their run for a, I guess, potential playoff run, kind of. They're kind of in that wild card mix still. Um, well, at least they were as like they were a couple days ago. And then they were like two games out, then they lost three. It's a whole thing. Um, but, Mike, I'll start with you here. Garden Hire, re, you know, retiring. Um, did you think that he was going to be brought back anyway? Because I had thought that, honestly, they were actually going to bring him back for another year to kind of see this thing through, to hopefully kind of see a little bit of the fruits of his labor for being having to reside over a, a young, inexperienced, bad baseball team with a bad payroll. Yeah, it's it's been rough there, yeah. so I applaud him for like trotting sticking through it out. and yeah. sticking it out. Yeah. Um, but with this COVID stuff, mm-hmm. the health is definitely more important, and this team's not really like they're not there yet. They're for not sure. there. No. So it's not like it's not like this team had like a forty win season about to make the playoffs, and he was like, "Oh, I can't do it." Like right yeah. now, that would kind of right. like sting for the team. But right. because you're on the verge, in air quotes, yeah. of trying to get to the wild card position, but probably yeah, not, not going to get realistically yeah. going right. to get there. For sure. Then I think he can he can kind of it's an easier departure for him yeah. because then the, the new guy comes in and he's able to take over and work with whatever he has and then start building like his vision. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or I think the offseason you get yeah, a new guy and then guy. He right. builds his vision. I right. don't want to talk necessarily right now new managers. I know a lot of people were like flipping out over the possibility of Don Kelly. Remember Don Kelly mm-hmm. should come in and coach? And I I don't know how I'd feel about that. I couldn't stand him as a player, so I don't know how I'd take him as a manager. Kyle, same question to you, though. You know, Gardenhire stepping down, um, you know, this season is kind of a wash anyway, right? Even if they somehow backed into a wild card spot, um, I don't, which I don't think they will. Um, you know, what, what was your instant reaction to him stepping down and, you know, like, you know, were you upset? Were you, cause I personally like Ron Gardenhire. I think he was the perfect guy to hire for this kind of team, a young up and coming team that needed, um, that needed vet, uh, a veteran guy, a, a long time guy in, in baseball who, who teaches solid fundamentals, who is just a, a good coach, right? And a good guy, a leader of men kind of thing. And I think he really fit that bill in every aspect. So, um, what were your thoughts when you saw the him stepping down? And, you know, where do you think, where do you think the Tigers go from here? Oh, uh, well, when I first saw that he was going to be stepping down, I kind of thought of it as like kind of like trying to be an issue, like a personal perspective. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously you try to coach's team didn't go as he thought i guess like they were pretty bad and they're still pretty i think bad. he knew going in he's like we're gonna yeah. be bad for a while yeah. but i think I'm, he didn't really have like a time frame necessarily either yeah so i yeah. mean and i think just personally with all the corona stuff mm-hmm. with how this team is is kind of trending i feel mm-hmm. like this is just kind of you know you could either kept on going but i feel like if you would have kept on going you kind of would have to take like the long route yeah and then like i think it's better to leave now than yeah the long route for sure for him at least personally with AD yeah. and corona but and with the team now, I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do with their intern. Yeah, coach. Lloyd McClendon. Yeah. Yep. yep. I don't know where that's gonna go. I think they're just gonna probably finish yeah. the season. Yeah. Fine, I mean, I I, so I'm just gonna kind of watch how the season goes and yeah. kind of be able to react from there. Right. Happens. And that's the one thing I will caution Tigers fans about when it comes to hiring a guy. 
um, maybe who doesn't have a ton of managerial experience, where this team is at right now, you have a lot of young pieces that you are really going to be counting on for the next couple of years. You've seen we've seen a track record over the last couple seasons where guys. Um, get kind of brought out of nowhere to be the, you know, to be the manager. You know, you look at the Yankees, you look at Boston, you look at some of these teams were like, all of a sudden, like, okay, Alex Corey, he's the bench coach. He's never been a manager for, oh, now they're winning the World Series. But those teams were a little bit more ready-made to go. Um, this team is not ready-made to win yet by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't necessarily know if a young, up-and-coming guy would be maybe the right decision right away until maybe you're ready to get that hump you already tried it once with brad osmus with a team that you thought was ready to win and it was an epic disaster so i think maybe leaning towards more of a skill set of i've been there i've done that i know how to get a team that is up and coming and get them up into a potential place where they're contention which i think why garden hire was brought in in the first place but you're not ready to win yet so i don't necessarily know if getting a manager who is quote-unquote uh you know a young up-and-comer who people like a lot wouldn't necessarily be the right decision here but i guess we'll find out um Mike, let's jump right in here to the Stanley Cup playoffs next, actually. Let's go to there real quick. Uh, we haven't done a ton of hockey talk. We did a little bit when the Wings got, you know, stiffed in the draft, um, you know, with the COVID stuff. With it, it, Honestly, we got a really big influx of sports all at the same time, so mm-hmm. I do feel like we have neglected the NHL a little bit. That's our bad. Um, but, we'll, you know, we have the Stanley Cup playoff or Stanley Cup finals, excuse me. We got the Dallas Stars and Tampa Bay Lightning going at it. Um, if there is anything to tie to the Red Wings here, just real quick before we kind of go through our predictions, Dallas is currently up one nothing, right? They won what four to one yesterday. Yes. Um, the you know if you are a Red Wings fan and looking at what Steve Eisman could potentially do now, it's been a couple years since he was in Tampa, but this team being in the finals right gives you a little glimmer of hope that this is hopefully where you could wind up being right. It's like given enough time, you know. Eisenman has proven that he can build a roster who is ready to compete and get there and be, get there successfully and get there, you know, and be in contention for a long period of time like Tampa has, right? So that if, if you have one thing to be somewhat hopeful about with this team, considering right now there's not a lot to be hopeful about, that that is it. So uh, with that though. Uh, Mike, who do you have in this Stanley Cup Finals? Um, I was rooting for Vegas low key because I I always just think it's funny when a new team on the box is like mm-hmm. like I'm a vote I'm gonna go for Seattle next year. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be a big Seattle <laughs> Kraken fan just because. Um, so who do you got in this in this matchup? Knowing already that Dallas is up one yep. nothing, I'm still gonna take Tampa Bay Lightning yep. to win the series in six games. Six games against Dallas. Yeah, I like um, you know what's funny is. I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't name any players on Dallas, but the one guy that always sticks out to me for Tampa is uh, is Kucherov because yeah, I remember I remember when they played Tampa when the Wings played Tampa like three years in a row. Him he would just he just destroyed us yeah. every freaking year. Is Tyler Johnson still on this team too? Yes. Is he? Yeah. See that he, him too. They they would just absolutely you know beat the living dog crap out of us for whatever reason. That yeah. line would just absolutely ridiculousness. Um. But uh, who who is the main contributors for Dallas right now that we should be able to look up for? Uh, so they have um, let's see what his name is here. I'm pulling up on ESPN right now. ESPN, right? Kyle, while while Mike's doing that, who do you got in this finals? Um, you know, between Dallas and Tampa, this is the first time we've seen Dallas in a in a marquee spot like this in quite a while. Um, well, I haven't paid one ounce of attention to NHL or what's been going on. Uh, I was kind of a, uh, of a Vegas fan for a little bit when they started off and had that run. Yeah. But I'm just taking off these two teams. I'm probably going to go with Tampa Bay just because I've, I've kind of, cause I went I went to a Tampa Bay versus uh, Detroit game in Tampa Bay a few years ago. And ever since then, I'm just always... Brag. He's <laughs> like, I just, I'm just a savant. Yeah. yeah, so ever since then, it just kind of... There you go, it just ties so. in together. So yeah, so I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. There you go. So their leading uh, point getter is yeah. Tyler uh, Seguin. Okay. He's their center. He's got 50 points, 17 goals, and 33 assists. There we go. Um, so he, he'd yeah, be he's, the guy to look yeah. out for if right. you're going to be watching somebody. Sure. But obviously... Um, uh, Kucherov, yeah. who you brought Kucherov, up, yep. has 33 goals and 52 assists. So if someone's going to kind of go out on a whim to yeah. like really lead his team, I think he's going to be a big reason. I've also enjoyed the way Tampa plays, too. They play so fast. They have yeah. great puck control. They're explosive. It's just one of those things to where... Um, you know, obviously, it's a little bit of our ignorance of not knowing necessarily how, how well, you know, yeah. Dallas obviously is a very good team, well, right? Well, D- Dallas yeah. plays the bend but don't break style of play where right. they'll, they'll let you get in right. as long as 
we, we, they we have a top tier goalie down right. there. So as long as you're not scoring, you can stay in here as for long sure. as you want and then for make sure. the mistake to go uh, on the attack. But right. that's how they do. And Tampa Bay likes to be on the attack, obviously. Yes. So I think those minutes where you're on the attack, they, they average 3.57 goals per game. Mm-hmm. So if they can get up to that number, three to four goals, I think right. they, that's how they can Yeah, win. right. They're, that's kind of your threshold there yeah. for sure. Um, obviously, we'll kind of be paying attention a little bit there as we get to closer to the draft and all that good stuff as far as your Red Wings are concerned. All right, let's talk Clash of Champions now here. For WWE, um, it, you know this is a this is one of the few cards I actually somewhat enjoy. Not this specific card, maybe, but like Clash of Champions, the Vengeance Knight of Champions things that they used to do. I really enjoy. I, I, I like having the fact that, like, okay, every match I'm going to see is for a title. There's some sort of stakes involved, you know. Um, that that always kind of gets me excited, just because it's like one of those things where, like, if nothing else. All right, there's a potential of a title change, which is exciting for me. So that's why I'm always, I'm always, in, I always look forward to this card because something usually happens in some regard. So let's go through this match card, Mike, real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll go to break, and then we'll go okay. and we'll talk some NBA playoff action slash football slash me losing it a little bit today. Okay, cool. Um, I'm trying to figure this first one out. So we're going to go to a different one because I don't know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch every single week because uh, I, I miss it's, it. Well, so. there's so much wrestling. How yeah. can you, honestly? So I, I, I have to figure this out. Yeah. So we're going to start. Ready? So yeah. Kyle, this one's for you, this first one. Mm-hmm. So we got Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, who are the champions. SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Defending against the Lucha House pra- Party Lucha House Party of Kalisto, Grand Malik, and or Lince Dorado. Who do you have and why? Well, it's not going to be three versus two. It'll be two of those guys. No, it's two of those guys in name versus two. Kyle's like, well, I really like the other man advantage. So, <laughs> Well, taking into account of the ch- the champions that are will be uh, going in the ring, I'm going to take them because they do remind me of the future champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm going to take the champions. Yeah, you know, you got a Swiss guy and a Japanese guy. It totally makes me think of the Los Angeles Lakers on a lot of yeah, a lot of okay. time. Sure. Yeah, I'm still going to take the champs here, though. It doesn't make a lot of sense to put it on Lucha House Party. Quite frankly. I will also take the champions for that exact same reason. Yeah, good lord. Yeah. We'll talk about the Lakers in a little bit. Calm it yeah, down, okay. both of you. All right. All right so I think I'm figuring. So we got the Street Profits, who are the champions. Yeah. And they're taking on Seth Rollins and Murphy and Andrade and Angel Garza or Humberto Kerr. Humberto versus Dominic Mysterio. So I'm assuming on Raw, they're probably going to have a tag match to determine who's the third person to make it a triple threat Raw tag team match. Okay. Is it a triple threat? Well, because Murphy and Rollins aren't even, like, together Well, it says, so in the description, it's the Street Profits versus Seth Rollins and Murphy, comma, Andrade and Angel Garza, or. So I'm assuming that it's Seth and then the other team. I I don't understand really why... um, the Sorry. raw tag yeah. the raw tag team division is terrible. Let's be fir- let's first yeah. off, right? So I'm taking I'm taking the street profits I because get, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I don't get it. Um, putting Mysterio with Humberto Carrillo makes not a lot of sense in the sense of I think Mysterio has actually been on fire the last couple weeks on Raw. Yeah. Um, they really view him highly, but because his dad's out, that would probably be the time. Or if you're going to give him a tag title, that would be the time. Not now. Um, I, re- I still like Andrade and uh, Angel Garza. I thought they should have won the titles two months ago, but here we are still, so I guess the Street Profits. But if, if they win this, because I don't think... Rollins and Murphy, I don't know what the hell's going on with that. So um, I, this doesn't make a lot of... I don't care, I guess, is the hardest part about this. God, one, you have any I, idea I what's really going on? I really don't give a damn. Um, Just say the Street Profits win. Street Profits, yeah. <laughs> the, the other team, they kind of sound like 10-day contract players. So I'm going to take yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Andrade has won more international championships than everybody else on that list, but it's yeah, fine. That's cool. Uh, Seth Rollins, a former world multi-time world champion, but no, they're no, all ten, they're ten, ten, ten day contract ten guys. day contract guy. Actually, honestly though, Kyle would probably really like the Street Profits. He, they, like, he think would, about it. Yeah. Like he, they would, he really would. He would, he, he would resonate he, with their hundred percent lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to smoke. Yes, so we got. I'm gonna try to good lord pass that up. So we got <laughs> Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, who are the champions. Yes, women's the tag women's teams. tag team champions. Yep. Versing the Riot Squad of Ruby Wyatt and Liv Morgan. Kyle, who do you have? And give me a reason. So what are my options again? Nia. <laughs> they're hard. To, oh, they're hard to. So you got Nia Jax Nia and Jax. Shayna Baszler. They're the versus, champions. Who are the champions? Versus Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. I'm gonna take. Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan, Morgan. because go. I always love an underdog story. 
I mean, technically, they're yeah, the underdogs. They're the underdogs but, so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see it happening, though, unfortunately. No. I, don't, I don't think any of the tag titles change hands, quite frankly. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. All right, so we got Jeff Hardy defending the Inter- Intercontinental Championship against AJ Styles and Sami Zayn in a triple threat ladder match. This match is going to steal the show. Yeah. This is going to be phenomenal. I'm, I'm have very excited for it. Sami Zayn. I also, I was going to say, I have Sami Zayn winning this match, too. It may, I think, honestly, it would make the most sense, quite frankly. Maybe, he never yeah, lost sure. it. He escapes with it, right, where the other two clashed out. I think Sami Zayn getting the title back would be important, quite frankly. Yeah. I think that he's doing a really great job. I'm glad to see him back. These Here's the thing, though. The one thing that SmackDown has done a really nice job of is look at these three guys that are in this match, right? you got Jeff Hardy, former world champion, AJ, former world champion, Sammy, who, I mean, he's not a former world champion, but is an upper is yeah. an upper guy, right? You've got three guys in this match who are legitimate, bona fide talent, and they're going after the Intercontinental Championship. So that, that to me... It is a good sign for SmackDown and the Intercontinental title as a whole because that's the kind of level of talent that I want to see compared. No offense, but I don't want to see Apollo Cruz fighting for the U.S. title. I'm sure that's probably he's probably challenging on this he's show. Hot in this right uh, but point being is that that's the kind of stuff I want to see, though, right? Is, is yeah. these kind of guys, this quality of people challenging for the Intercontinental Championship? Kyle, do you have any thoughts? Let's right. give you the running joke in this. Is that Kyle just goes, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing. Okay, uh, we like have move set. the SmackDown Women's Championship match. We have Bailey, who is the champion, yep. versus Nikki Cross, yeah, and Bailey. I think Bailey retains pretty easily. Yeah, I don't even think they even get to a finish. I think Sasha will probably interfere and just attack her or Sasha something like that, or Alexa Bliss or something. Yeah, like I stuff with her. either way, Bailey's keeping the title. They're, they need to keep. They need to keep the title on Bailey until WrestleMania. Yeah. That is an absolute must at this point. They they, they did the blow off too soon. Kyle, what did he say? <laughs> okay, we're talking Michigan later, folks. So if you want to hear Kyle talk in any sort of detail, yeah. that'll be in part two of this show. So. Yeah. Uh, so we have the singles match for the WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defends. Oh, with Paul Heyman defends yep. against Jay Uso. I'm um, obviously Reigns. I think retains. Yeah, it's not even close. I do think though that I really, I. When I saw the result, because I didn't watch SmackDown when he won the number one contendership, I'm going, what the hell just happened, right? So I went back and I actually, like, revisited what happened, right? And and watching what has happened and how it's played out since then, I'm actually really enjoying this because yeah. this is a slow burn for Roman, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Roman being able to be like, oh, we're still family, but then as soon as Jay turns around, it's like a whole different guy. Yeah. You can see the facial expressions change. You can see it's a different dynamic between Paul and Roman, too. <clears throat> they really tried to make it where Roman is somewhat in charge and, and Paul is just kind of happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And it's just lending not only the credibility of Paul Heyman being his manager, but also Paul with the mic doing just enough where Roman can just put, like, the, the exclamation point on a promo, right? Or put, like, just the last little bit on that where, where Brock doesn't do any talking, right? They're allowing Roman to... Uh, they're allowing Paul to get over whatever they're trying to get over and get over this new attitude that, that, uh, that Roman has, but at the same time are allowing him to voice just a little bit just so you get a little bit of that, you know, the snippet that you want where Roman doesn't have to talk for five minutes and embarrass himself. He just gets to say the big line and be done with it and then go out and beat a whole bunch of people up. So that's that's where it's, you know, for me, that's they're doing a really nice job with this. I think this match actually has potential to be really, really, really good mm-hmm. to get you to a point where you may actually believe at some point Jay could win the title, and then that's when they snatch it out from underneath and he beats the crap out of him. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I think this definitely is a, is a potential to be a really good match. Because the Uso, both Uso brothers are fantastic. Yeah. And then our main event, <clears throat> probably for the evening, I'm going to openly assume, yeah. is uh, Randy Orton taking on the champion Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship in an ambulance match. Yeah, I didn't know why it's an ambulance match. So, I think, or, so I'm assuming then that Orton wins this because then Drew doesn't have to take a pinfall. Um, I think okay. that I think I always look when I look at stipulations like this. That's the first thing I think I go to is who are they trying to protect when they don't have to necessarily lose like that. You know what I mean? Because I do think that if you lose by pinfall or submission, it is much more of a detriment to you, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is if you lose in like something like this, like a stipulation yeah. like this, right? Like if I lose to you in a ladder match, right? It's like okay, yeah, you you got up there faster, but like you didn't pin me, right? You yeah. didn't beat me, so there's there's room for for interpretation yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I think Orton gets it. I don't think Orton can lose three pay per views in a row. It makes no sense for him to do that. Yeah. And I think they've given it enough time now where it's like okay, 
Let's go with it. There's no U.S. title match announced yet for this. Not yet. It goes to show you how important the U.S. title match is. Good lord. So why is it? Is there a reason why it's an ambulance match though, and not any other match? Uh, well, well, man, well, no, because remember uh, McIntyre got his head kicked off by Orton. Oh a couple yeah, weeks yeah, ago. yeah, Remember yeah, that? Yeah. And that so whole he came thing. Out in an ambulance yes, that's the whole. Th- well, remember he got taken <laughs> away in an ambulance. Blah blah blah. Whatever. <laughs> They're trying to put Keith Lee in this mix somehow too and it doesn't make any sense it, it doesn't fit right what if they have all. a triple threat aim no that would be terrible no get yes. Keith, Lee, get Keith Lee out of here alright seriously I don't care what what they did to him I don't I, I don't care it's whatever okay meh 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 that's what I have to say gotcha meh. we're on that Matt train <laughs> yeah exactly is that it is that the last yeah match? that was match. that was the last match alright so you know I'm looking forward to this show though there's a lot of potential on this card um, I'm sure the U.S. title match is just going to wind up being like Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews again yeah, and probably. make me want to hurt myself. Um, God forbid they put anybody else in that spot. Literally anybody else. Um, but it, let's just assume that that's the match. I'm assuming Bobby retains then, yeah. too. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, real quick, I do want to ask you, though, um, with this whole uh, retribution angle that has just been dying a slow, slow death, Right? Is there any salvaging this thing at this point? Would it help at all if there's like somebody specific in this? Because right now they they keep doing like certain people that you can tell very vividly who they are. Yeah. Right? Like you see Mia Yim has been in one has been Dijakovic's one in You know what I mean? So I think Mojo Raleigh was in at one point. Like, is there any saving that that faction at all? Like if if like all of a sudden Champ is a part of it, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Or like if of somebody of note, is there anything you can do? I'm throwing my laptop everywhere. Yeah, you're just angry. Um, is there anything or anybody that they could do to really like get this thing over? Because I got excited for it originally. I was like, all right, new faction. I'm a big fan of factions, and it's just been a total disaster. Uh, I'm gonna say no. Yeah. But I do think if anyone could pull it off mm-hmm. at this point you mm-hmm. know how awful it is champ would be probably the one of the few people that could pull it off for me mm-hmm. um but probably not no because even if it was like oh if it was like the aces the eights of like tna where like he's the only one that unveiled and he's like yeah. i got my minions or right. or it's like a dark order thing where like you yeah. know only like one person's face and the other one all mass people or whatever mm-hmm. i'd still be like it's cool. You just have minions. Like right. I, I'm not like yeah. it's. It's not really a thing. You're focused on elevating one person instead of four or five. Yeah, right? I, I, yeah. yeah. If you unmasked everybody, it was like Champa, Dajakovic, Gargano, and yeah, right. You know whoever. I'm like okay, but I can get behind that. But right. if it's gonna be one person with people, I'm like no. Yeah, no. it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see what who, when they actually finally like do the reveal. If they ever reveal. I'm waiting for them just to stop bringing it up yeah. altogether. It's I know. just like not a thing it's anymore. Never it's never a thing like, anymore. It's just like shh, just don't talk. Fine. It's going to be interesting for sure. So, all right, that's going to be it for part one. In part two of this week's show, we're going to talk some. We're going to talk Clippers, unfortunately. And we're going to talk a little bit of the Western Conference Finals. We did the Eastern Conference last week. We'll talk a little bit of the West and predict our NBA Finals matchup. And then we're going to talk some Michigan football. We're going to talk some Lions football. This is this part two of the show is where Rob gets upset. So, if you want to see that happen, Angry stay tuned. Upset. Stay tuned for part two. Hey guys, the Mouth of Michigan, Ron Medica here. Just reminding you, the episode 100 is right around the corner. Myself, the Mercs on the Whale Man, we are all extremely excited about it. We appreciate all the support that you've given us over the first 99 episodes. Episode 100 is definitely going to be one that you will remember forever. Thank you so much once again for all the support, and we'll see you for part two of this week's episode. And welcome back to part two of this week's episode, episode ninety-five fish. We're right around, we're right around the corner there from episode one hundred. Really excited for that. Um, let's just jump right in here, though. We got a lot of stuff to go over here in part two. This may be a three-parter depending on time constraints. Um, let's jump right into though to the um, let's talk NBA playoffs here a little bit. Let's let's start. Let's start. All right. With with what happened, all right. Me and Mike come on the show last week. Kyle being a slacker wasn't here, so he's dead to me for this part of the show. No, um, but we go on the show. It was we, actually we funny. Say, I was 100 percent right. Wrong. I know, yeah, right. We text <laughs> you text me like, wow, and we're like, I know, and ne- we're never we're wrong, but we're never like swinging a miss hard. Right. Like we go into this thinking, all right, they're up three one. There's no way they lose three in a row, right? Even if they, they go to game seven, it's fine. They'll close it out, and we're on our way, right? And they absolute choke and poop themselves on national television. So, um, there's a couple things I need to get off my chest here before we continue to go here. Number one, okay, I do not want to hear until I until probably LeBron James retires. Now, I want to I want to preface this by saying once again, I don't like LeBron James. I respect him as a player. I think he's the best player in the world. But I don't necessarily root for him to win. However. 
the fact that we have been waiting for this matchup between the Clippers and Lakers the entire year, and we don't even get to see it because the Clippers are so bad in clutch moments with your two prime players, and they and they put up what a total of what twenty seven points between the two of them. I think Kawhi had fourteen points in that entire game. Twenty four. Oh yeah, twenty four. Sorry. Total. And Paul George had six, probably, because he's total ass. I, I mean, I'm so infuriated by this by this notion that anybody is trying to make excuses for this team. You were stacked from, from the first guy off the bench all the way to the last guy, and you can't beat Denver. You barely got past, um, whatchamacallit, what was the team before this that they played? Who they played before Dallas. this? They, yeah. Dallas with a healthy um, Porzingis and a healthy Luka, they probably beat him in the first freaking round. So I don't want to hear ever again that Kawhi is the best player in the world, because he's not. I don't want to hear another thing about Paul George being remotely close to any sort of MVP voting or anything relevant because he's awful. He's terrible, and he deserves to be the third man on any team. You know who he'd be the second man on? Not uh, not even the Detroit Pistons, because you could say Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose are better, more clutch players than P- Paul George has, especially in the playoffs. Look at the Limbers last year. Blake Griffin was going off against the Bucks last year. Paul George is a complete waste of space on that team. Third of all, Doc Rivers should be fired. You hired a guy thinking because he won a championship in Boston that he was going to take this team and he was going to put them on the pedestal and they were going to be instead of the other L.A. team. And yet they've done nothing beside disappoint for like the past, I don't know, eight years. How long has he been there? He's been there a while, right? I mean, he's been there... Almost a decade. He was a bad general manager. He then traded away all of his best players. And then you think, okay, fine. he signs Kawhi. He signs Paul George. You got Pat Beverly. got all these guys. They're going to go all the way, and they're going to face the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals and give them a fight, and yet they can't get past Denver. It's an absolute ridiculous notion for anybody to say that anybody in this league besides LeBron James is the best player in this league. Which brings me to my second point. Um, why is Giannis still getting the MVP? Like, could anybody change that, or were the votes already in? Well, the votes get in like a week before the playoffs. Oh, start. really? Okay, I didn't know that. Cause like I, I yeah. like don't yeah. post any photos of yourself winning the MVP and Defense Player of the Year. Get that crap out of here. Yeah, no, because they're, they're submitted the day after oh, the season ends, Lord. and they have that four day like, or normally they have the four day breach, and that's when. Like, if I'm the owner of the Clippers right now, I am pissed. I don't know how Doc Rivers isn't already fired. Like, legitimately, how how are you not? Like, you you invest all this money, you go and basically mortgage your future. For the next two to three, four, five years to get Kawhi and Paul George together with the team you have built, and you don't even get to the Western Conference Finals. This to me is all is just as bad, if not worse, than this Bucks team not making it. Because the Bucks, I can at least make the argument that the Heat are the, are the most complete team in the East. Where you you what happened? You just your your best quote unquote players went out there and crapped themselves on national television and let the Denver Nuggets beat the living dog crap out of you for four quarters. And it wasn't even close for a good chunk of that game. So, once again, I don't want to hear about Kawhi. I don't want to hear about Paul George. I don't want to hear about the Clippers. They're getting to the point now where they're like Michigan football for me. Until you do it, I don't want to hear about you. And we're going to talk Michigan in a minute, but I'm I'm less upset about that. But point being, what do you guys got? Because I was watching that game, I was pissed. Because I was just like, this is such an embarrassing... Not pissed in the sense of, like, you guys are happy because it's the, you guys are Laker fan. But for me, as a guy who doesn't have a horse in this race, I'm pissed because all I've heard is this is going to be the matchup. This is going to be the teams. And we don't even get that because Paul George wants to take up 25 threes, even though he ain't making them, turns the ball over more than anybody I've ever freaking seen, and yet he's somehow getting defended on national television by Reggie Miller and, and Van Gundy and all these guys. Oh, he was third in MVP voting last year. I don't give a crap because he's awful in the playoffs. He's absolute dog crap. So Oklahoma City was just as good without him. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Okay, so I'll go next. Good Lord. First, I'm going to congratulate Kyle because when we were doing these predictions, he's the only person yeah, that's true. who said, no, the Miami Heat are going to beat the Bucks." Yeah, that's true. Because me and Rob vetoed you on that. I did. We did. That's true. I said, I said they It give was them... a good notion, but we were also yeah. like, ain't happening. I was like, I was like, Bucks probably take it in seven. Yep. So since Kyle's here for the first time since that happened, yep. I will congratulate Kyle for getting that right. Yep. I think he got yeah. all of them but the Nuggets yes. in the final four. I think four. he did, yeah. I think you were batting a thousand at one point. Yeah, you were batting like, a thousand for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, so that was really good by you. Yep. Um... I agree with every point that you made. I think the big problem with the Clippers, 
The big problem with the Clippers is I don't think they have the vocal leader on the team. No. When Kawhi is your star player and he doesn't say anything, I think that's where your big eruption happens. Because I think even with AD on the team also, who's also a very big vocal point, I think having LeBron there in a bubble-type setting, where I think in a normal setting, I think the Clippers actually more fine because the crowd kind of... Helps. Amps you up, right. you know. You don't need right. Kawhi to really be like, guys, we got this, right. like, because you have the crowd there. Right. But in this bubble setting, you really need that guy, like a LeBron, who's like, listen, guys, like, well, we got this, we can get through this. We're down one yeah. zero in both series that yep. you were in, and it's like we just had to stick our heads in, and we know what we can do, and get us through this. Well, and, and, and two, right to your to your point is, is having that killer mentality, right? It's the same problem with the Lions, and we're going to talk about that in a minute as well. Is ha- is having your opponent on the ropes yep. and going for the kill. And, and yeah. not and not and not you know what I mean I think the Clippers in a lot of aspects both series that they had both with with Dallas and with Denver I never saw any sense of urgency out of that team never no. once not not any point in time that Lakers when they lost the first game to the Portland right I was like okay you know we have a little bit of a series and then you saw them go out there for the next three games you know, the fourth game not counting because you know Lillard whatever but like the next three games go out and utterly shoot the lights out and to a point where you're like there's no way anybody is yeah. is touching this right is having the 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 wherewithal to go hey our window's small we have the best team there's no dinking around it's the same problem with the bucks the bucks did it too the bucks never have had that killer mentality where they just went we got to go for the jugular i think yeah and i'll throw this out after i yeah. say this point is i think everyone kind of hates on lebron for not having that killer instinct but i think lebron has a different killer instinct Yes. Than like a Jordan or yes. like a Kawhi, yeah. you would think like in like the, the Toronto series where he would just shoot it out. I think LeBron's killer instinct is you know if we hit Game Seven, I'm going to go in this ultra. I'll yeah. trust my teammates. I'll do whatever it takes to kind of win. And I think that's his his killer mentality is I'm not going to shoot 45 times because if I'm only going to make six, then at those 31 makes I'm not making. You know right. what I mean? It's his killer mentality is and I'm going to get everyone involved and we're going to do everything we can to Before win. Before we get to Kyle, I, I, I'm going to put this right out here right now too, is if somehow Denver up, makes the upside of the century and beats this Lakers team, I'm going to go just as hard on LeBron as I am yeah. on anybody else too. Like let's not let's yeah. not get it twisted no. here. The Lakers now have no excuse not to win this championship. I, I agree with that. I'm very interested to see because if Denver does win, does the narrative shift to maybe it was the bubble the whole time? And I yeah. say that only because you would think, all right, so the three hypothetical best teams were Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. Bucks. Right. If two of them are eliminated in the second round and the third one's eliminated before the finals, yeah. is, does is anything just go like, into it? It's like crazy. Every, everything just got messed up because I would it was say, the I don't believe yeah. so. I think yeah. you, I think if you're the best team, you're still going to win. Right. Like I think the Lakers are still going to win no matter yes, what, I agree even if you're in a bubble or not in a bubble. Yep. But I think there's, there's a very narrative that could happen if Denver does make it, where it's like, right. if it's Denver Heat or Denver Boston, and it's just like... That's a weird like that would yeah, never happen a, yeah, with fans. For sure. And and that's and that is definitely a case, but be prepared now because unless LeBron breaks his leg in Which game I 2 he did. in game 2, right? And honestly, and I'm not even going to necessarily blame LeBron, but I will blame the Lakers team because you're still have a very good basketball team on the on, on the court there. So, be prepared. I'm I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it does, if you're a Lakers fan, you're like, "Oh, see, you're talking respect about my team." They get upset too. I'm just going to go just as hard. Your point now, Kyle. Talk to me about this Clippers team. What do you got? Like, what was your instant reaction? Because mine was blind rage at the fact that all we've been talking about is this series, and I don't even get to see it now because of the of two guys who just went. And then they have the gall. Sorry, I don't want to. I'll get to you in a second. The gall to go out and say, "Well, we never came out and said this was a make or break yeah, season." Was, How dare you go out and say that? How dare you? At least, at least. When the Heat did that and they said, we're going to win seven, and then they got their ass kicked by Dallas, said, they at least went, you know what? Yeah, we look like idiots, and they look like a fool with their pants down. Don't you dare come out and tell me, oh, this isn't a make or break here. What What was it then? Holy mother of Lord. All right, continue. Go ahead. All right, All right so uh, I'm going to go through a couple points here. Oh, First, I'm going to start with Doc Rivers, how he should just be fired. because I, I, Immediately. As yeah. you're off the court, if I'm Steve Ballmer, you're fired. I don't even want to hear the excuse, you're fired. Because in the last seven seasons, five of those seasons, they've been up in a playoff series and they've lost a series. Yep. And yep. that's, like, astonishing to me. Yep. Because with, like... They've, been made, they've never made it out of the second round. Yeah. No. With Doc Rivers. Yeah. Because yeah. with the, the the caliber of coach you have in Doc... Supposedly had Doc Rivers, the teams you've had, and you still have to blow 
five five leads in a series. Like, what are you doing? Especially now you have Kawhi. You have look at all, well. Here's the thing. Look at all the stars they've had. Right? They had Chris Paul, a young, healthy Blake Griffin, and a good um, DeAndre Jordan. Right? Where DeAndre Jordan was legitimately effective as as a rim protector. Right? For multiple seasons, Chris Paul was still young. He wasn't injury prone like he was. They couldn't get it done. So they trade all those guys away. And then they sign the quote-unquote biggest star in the league, Kawhi. They land the biggest fish. They get a great running partner. I'm going to put that in freaking air quotes. With Paul George, you have a very deep team. you got the sixth man of the year coming off the bench. And what do you do? You go out there and lay an egg. At some point, coaching's got to be involved. It is what it is. Right? Sorry, didn't mean to cut you out, but good and lord. And going off what Michael said with there's no kind of verbal leader on the team. Like, yes. if you look at someone like the Lakers, I think LeBron has an impact more than just his play. Well, let's just take a little, let's take the Lakers out for a second. Look at other teams, right? Look at the Heat, right? Look at the Heat for a second, right? Jimmy Butler is definitely a vocal leader on that team, right? And more so, you have a coach in Eric Spolstra who is willing to go out there and be like, all right, timeout, and you could tell, yeah. in, in, you know, when and a timeout happens where they're interviewing him and he's just sitting there he's just like, I'm not listening to you at all because I'm going to go level somebody. Or even a guy like Andre Iguodala being able to be like, hey, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. None of No accountability at all by this Clippers team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when, when you have a team that's kind of like stacked as Avery is deep in the bench and when, let's say Paul George, as we've seen plenty of times, the playoffs. He's not. He's not ex- exactly. PG average twelve yeah. points in the playoffs. Yeah. So when yes. then when you're somewhere, Paul George, you're looking for a Kawhi or a Lou Will to step up. But then when they when Lou Will doesn't step up, when Kawhi doesn't step up, nobody's talking to each other. You have uh, Doc doing whatever he's doing. Sitting and there. That's how that's how you blow three one leads. And credit to the Nuggets, they played really well. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, the, this Nuggets team's a very good basketball team. No doubt about it. But let's be real here. Three one. I don't even care if you get to game six, game seven. You really shouldn't have been there no. at the end of the day. If this was almost any other team, you probably would have lost in six. Yeah. This is why the entire time I thought the Lakers would beat the Clippers is because I thought outside of Kawhi and Paul George, I would I didn't think you'd get as much contribution from. Uh, well, I thought you'd get a little from Lou Williams too, but like the Montrez Harrells, the Pat Bevs, they're not going to contribute offensively at all. Yeah. And so I looked at. Um, the Lakers, and now I was not a big Rondo fan, and Rondo's been playing phenomenal was, yeah, through, the, through this run, so I'm actually very excited about that, too. But you're getting, like, Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Cartavius uh, Pope, Danny Green. Randomly, these guys will just go, oh, I'm going to hit four threes in a row right here. Yeah. Or, like, I'm going to hit three threes, or I'm going to make right. 12 in a row. And it's just like, right. where, where's his contribution? Like, it was all over the board, and that's why I always thought they would have the edge over. Just and that's why I still think they have the edge. It's just, it's just, it was just an epic disaster. All right, real quick, let's talk uh, Lakers-Nuggets. All right, Lakers are up one nothing right now. And in a really not a close game, the, the score kind of showed it as one. But, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of pulled away for a while there. Um, you know, what do you got this series in? I mean, I, I said Lakers in five. You said Lakers in six. I am, I, I, I still I'm, think it's I'm five. I'm more revenge to say five. I wouldn't be, I, I don't want to, see, I hate when I say it's five because if it goes six, everyone goes, oh, yeah. what the heck happened to Lakers? Yeah, so, like, yeah, I would say no, the benefit, yeah. I go six yeah. because I think that's at most the latest it will go. Yeah. Um, I think it's five. But I, 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 could, I, could say, I could say it's five yeah. also. I think I think they go down probably 2-0. 2-0, 3-0. Then, they win one. It's like, yeah. here we go. And then right. Lakers are like, no. I just don't there. think they have enough. I, yeah. I don't think that. They're not ready. I, I still think, and we talked about this at the beginning, Denver is a team that I don't think is there yet. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think Jokic's been playing off his mind. Marie's playing off his mind. You have pieces there. But do you have enough pieces? And do you have that one guy outside of your big stars to go out there and have a game where you have his 15 points, right? They don't have that guy. Rondo right now is, you know, when Rondo puts up 15, you're like, the Lakers are going to win this game yeah. just because of that. When right? he Kuzma Right, exactly. Off, and then like, you're just like, well, dude, like, even if, okay, LeBron's going to have his 25, AD's going to have his 25, okay, cool. But now these other three guys have 60 together between the two. You know, and you're like, well, shit, who, who do we got? Well, who do you got and, uh, and how many games? Oh well, I'm, pro- oh, I'm gonna take the Lakers. I'm, be funny. I'm, like, actually, I'm gonna take Denver here. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take them in five, mainly because like when I think about it, going off what you said, like yeah. the the main stars are gonna have their big. Points, yeah, they're gonna have whatever. their games, right? Yeah, they're gonna have their games. But I, I'm gonna look at like who who in the Nuggets is gonna who's gonna take over. Like is Michael Porter Jr. gonna put up 25? Is Paul Millsap gonna oh, do it? Yeah, we saw how that not. worked. Out. And I think that the Lakers interior, defense, especially their big man defense, is really underrated. You got Javale and Dwight Howard down low. Dwight Howard's playing really yeah, well. Javale McGee might as well just. 
just sit the bench. He's been awful. He's been awful. He's been terrible. Dwight Howard, though, has been what JaVale McGee, what they wanted him to be, for sure. So I think their defensive presence is going to kind of take over the series. Gross. And it's going to just take them to the finals. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, next week, we'll probably be able to preview the finals, more than likely, depending on how Rob, these things go, pos- hopefully. I have a positive way of thinking about that. Yeah. Kyle, so you have the Heat. You have the Heat? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I do, too. too. Yeah, I yeah. do, too. Honestly, I want to see the Heat, because I don't. I think Boston will choke in, in that. No I think, offense. Like, I, think the Lakers I don't think Jason get, Tatum's there. I think the Lakers going to sweep if it's Boston, so yeah. I want the Heat there to make it like five or six. Yeah, because I think that. I think the Heat team, that's the only team right now... I think Boston, while they have, I think, maybe a deeper bench, you know, I think they have more pieces that you could point right. to and go, that guy could go off. This they, have, go off. they have way more average players, but the top half of the Heat are just well, so... Well, not that. I'm looking at... I'm looking at... Um, I'm looking at uh, Spolstra. I, li- I like Brad Stevens, don't get me wrong, but Spolstra, man... Uh, he's fiery, dude, and I, I'm all about it. I'm all about a coach that shows some emotion yeah. and, and gets angry and gets a little pissed off at his players when they're not executing correctly. Like, you know, Jimmy Butler had so many turnovers in that game seven or that game six where he was like, dude, what the hell? Like, and he was like getting on him and like some of that. Like, I'm all about a coach who's willing to take his best player and be like, hey, get your head out of your ass and let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I'm, I'm excited. I really hope it's that because I think Jason Tan will poop himself in, in the finals. He he almost did against Toronto for being fair. So yeah. yeah, I don't have any confidence in that. But all right, let's shift our focus now to Michigan football. Here, it's officially coming back. We got the Big Ten. We're getting yeah. Big Ten football back. Um, Kyle's excited. It's it's you know this is his part of the show where he gets to drive. Um, talk to me, Kyle, about Joe Milton. He's, he wins the quarterback battle. Uh, McCaffrey Somehow. transfers out. This once again goes to my point why you should have started McCaffrey last year to see what you had um, because we all know what Shea Patterson was. Dog crap. Um, so, Joe Milton, what's he about? What, what am I going to see out of this Michigan offense this year? So, this year, Michigan offense, you have uh, you do not have a returning. Confidence. Look at that confidence. He sets up. Yeah. He gets you do excited. not have a returning Nico Collins. <laughs> You do have a Jalen Mayfield coming back though, so that's pretty good. But you do have to replace sure. you do have to replace four other starting O linemen, so I don't know how they're gonna do that and how mm-hmm. that's gonna work out. But with Joe Milton, I think you're gonna find, as we talked about earlier, a Cam Newton esque that's what you're looking for, a Cam Newton esque player. He's got the he's got the height, he's got the the weight, and he can as from what I've seen, he knows he knows when to throw it and when to run it, if you know what I mean. He knows when it's a good decision to leave the pocket, but he, he likes staying in the pocket. <laughs> You're such an asshole, I swear to God. Hold on, hold on, though. I, I do want to say this, though, because I, I, I think you make a good point there, though. It, it, we haven't seen him play, yeah. right? That's yes. number one, right? So that's that's nerve-wracking. Before we get to your point, Mike, I will I do want to say this. If Michigan can get to a point where Ohio State is with their quarterbacks, and this is what I mean by this, and we and this has been a criticism we've had on Ohio State quarterbacks, which is why I think some of their translation to the NFL has been difficult, because Ohio State's offense is very much one read, and then go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, they've had the speed where it's like, well, maybe they only need to make one read and they're open, right? Mm-hmm. But what we saw even, let's go all the way back to like the Lloyd Carr and Lloyd Carr's days with Troy Smith, right? And those kind of guys where, okay, read, slant's not there, deep route's not there, I'm gone, mm-hmm. right? You know, Haskins was really the first guy, but even that, let's hand off the Dobbins 12 times. But, so, Justin Fields, right, similar thing, right? Reed, okay, he's got the versatility to leave mm-hmm. and go, right? So, if they can get Joe to that point, which is basically what Auburn did with Cam, where it was, hey, we got anything open downfield? One, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Okay, I'm, I'm taking it, and I'm, I'm, and I'm off and running, mm-hmm. right? So, I do expect a lot of that to be the case for them, and I think that will be the biggest source of success for Milton, is if they can get him into that kind of scenario. What, yeah. what were you going to say? Now, so here's my question I have yeah. with this optimism Kyle has. <laughs> Stop, um, you're such a jerk. Well, because I'm not very optimistic. Yeah. But I think it's more the schedule layout. Than yeah, we're going to go over that in a second, too, for sure. Um, what's the receiving core look like? Like the starting three? Yeah, because, Black's gone. Yeah, because yeah, Tyreek Black's yeah. gone. You said Nico Collins isn't returning, even though he, last I heard, he was like, well, he, the they can't, like, like, him and Amory Thomas are the ones who opted out, but they still have a chance to well, They can opt back in because their their right yeah. tackle just opted back in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. think there's a deadline. I don't know for sure when that is, but they can. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, like, so assuming Nico yeah. Counts isn't back yeah. and you lose three flag, that people yeah. is, is gone it's, it's in the clean. draft or yeah. whatever. So, you lost so who, do you, who do you three or four or whatever? That you're so, about. what you're expecting to start is you're going to have Ronnie Bell starting as your kind of main receiver. You're going to yeah. have Giles Jackson in the slot and then Cornelius Johnson, who didn't play much. Much. 
Mm-hmm. You have AJ AJ Henning, I think his name is. I don't know. He's gonna be. He's kind of their top tier freshman that's coming in this year. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be. Is, kind of is Cornelius three. a big receiver or is he more like a Giles Jackson, like small and shifty receiver? He's he's kind of in the middle of like a Nico Collins and Giles Jackson. He's so he's, he's like taller. a six foot six foot one. He's like... taller, but he's quick. Okay. Okay. Who's who's in the backfield this year for him? You're going to have Charbonnet and Haskins. Those are your mm-hmm. two. You kind of saw them both play together. And then you have Chris Evans coming back. Oh, yeah. Chris, I was, oh, was, okay. was going to ask you about Chris Evans because I didn't know if he was actually right. officially back or now, not. Now this defense, how, how is this? So how many people did we lost, what, like four or five in the draft last year or something? So uh, how, what's, Uche, our, what's, what's the defense looking like? So obviously I think the, their gone. biggest loss will be Amber Thomas. I think he was their one corner who actually had experience. And there's a lot of freshmen who are coming in, a lot of guys who haven't as much experience. You got Dax Hill in the safety. He's had mm-hmm. a, a good amount of experience for how young he was last year. You got Josh Ross and Cameron Groen coming back. Mm-hmm. We saw kind of Cameron Groen emerge after Josh Ross got hurt last year, so there'll be yeah. kind of a linebacking duo oh, yeah. to watch I like for. Tim, linebacker. Mm-hmm. And um, on the D line you have you have obviously you have Hutchinson, you have Quiddy Pay who decided to come back this year, okay. and then for the D line you have Donovan Jeter. He's going to be a senior, and on that you had uh, Chris Hinton who was a freshman last year. They really he was really. There's got to be a Glasgow yeah. somewhere, right? There's not a Glasgow on the team anymore. <laughs> Twelve, fifteen years yes. later. <laughs> Okay, so what would you, on a scale of like 1 to 10, 10 being like the greatest thing since sliced bread, 1 being like god awful, what would you rank the defense? Yeah, what would you rank the defense? The defense, I'd probably, before the season started, I'd probably rate it a 6. I'm going to ask you like 4 games in, and if it changes. Just because I don't know how they're going to run this defense with the people they lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to say 6 for now. But it could be better. Offense? Offense? On potential, because you don't know anything, really. Right. You don't yeah. know how the quarterback plays. And honestly, and somet- sometimes, honestly, that may be okay. Like, yes. I, it, especially right now, we went into last year thinking, we know what this Michigan offense is going to somewhat look like, right? I know they, they got Josh Gaddis, whatever, right? But, you know, you knew what Shay Patterson was, and it wasn't great. Yeah. So it's like, at least now, which was my point last year, was because you don't know what you have, throw him out there. And this is the perfect time to throw Milton out there. Because if he plays just okay, mm-hmm. plays good, not great, right? He'll be a se- he ain't going to leave number 1. Yeah. So he's going to come out next year, right? We got a senior quarterback been in the system for now 2 years. Let's go. You know what I mean? And you've got a you got a potential guy. Mm-hmm. Um but sorry, to catch up. What do you, what do you think the number is on that? Uh, I'm going to say 6 as well. I probably would go 7, but because who they're going to have to play to start the season. Yeah, yeah that's it's, also... Uh, it's, yeah. I think it's going to be a big determining factor For sure. if they can either overcome that yep. and mm-hmm. kind of build on that or kind of fall apart after week one playing for sure so, okay. yeah yeah so i mean let's you know let's look at the schedule just a little bit here they open up with minnesota and then they're uh they're at minnesota right and then they're home against michigan state yeah. right those are the first got two it. games got right it. um you got it ready no not really but I okay can we yeah. can you pull that yeah. up for me real fast yeah. uh but looking at these first two games right i think that's going to be a pivotal part of your season to know what the hell this team is going to look like yeah. minnesota's coming off a really good year mm-hmm. last year um, they were a team when before this whole COVID thing hit, we looked at it as that's a trap game for Michigan in a lot of aspects, right? Um, going in thinking you probably could win that game, but you could justifiably lose it as well. Oh, yeah. I think Michigan State you're still going to beat because as many questions as Michigan has, you have just as many, if not more. I don't even know. Who's the quarterback for Michigan State right now? Rocky Lombardi. Is it still? Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, So, like, you got a new – well, not only that, a new coach, new systems. Yeah. Stuff's going to take some time, right? Yeah. It is what it is. You still have a lot of the D'Antonio leftovers there. So, there's going to be some issues there. You got the schedule pulled up? Yeah. Okay, give me the schedule here real quick. Yeah. So, we already talked about Minnesota and Michigan State. Yeah. Week three, you have at Indiana. Okay. Week four, at, um, at home against Wisconsin. Okay. And then you got Rutgers after that. At hey. Rutgers. And then you got home Penn State. And then at Maryland, no, at home, no, yeah, at home against Maryland. And then is it at or home? You got no. She said at home. <laughs> it's at home. These both are. I think. Yeah, because you're home against Michigan State. So if you're at the bottom, they're at home. Yeah. yeah. So these both the bottom. So yeah. you're at home yeah. against Maryland, and then away against Ohio State. Good lord! All right, so yeah, so I mean, look at this. I mean, Minnesota, Maryland. Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and um, I'll throw Michigan State in there just as a, just as a respect thing because it's a rivalry. I mean, those are six games that theoretically could be all be toss-ups. Yeah. Like, I think you beat Indiana. I think, obviously, you beat Rutgers. But 
this is not an easy schedule mm. by any stretch of the imagination, right? And I don't think that this is going to come down to necessarily a beat Ohio State thing. Um, but at the same time, if if you are Michigan and you are not in the national t- championship contention like Ohio State, Clemson, some of these other teams are, this is perfect because you're going to see exactly what you have out of everybody yeah. real quick, right? So you're going to know if Joe Milton is going to be the guy or if he's just going to be a guy. It, 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 you're going to know that within the first four weeks of the season, like Mike said. So if you're a Michigan fan, I would be tentatively excited because, once again, you're going to get a new guy under center. It, it's This team is going to go as Joe Milton goes. Let's be real, right? We haven't had a solid quarterback since Chad Henney, really. So until we see better quarterback play, Michigan will always be stuck in this sort of rut, right? Joe Milton comes out, sets the world on fire. We got a team, mm-hmm. right? And we're rolling. And that's going to be the big thing. Um, real quick, before as we end this show, just I, we only got a couple minutes here. I don't really want to go to part three. I don't got the energy or the time or the the want to do this right quick. What's the threshold for you, Mike, real fast on the Lions? Is it 0-4 and, and then everyone gets fired week five? I hate firing a coach midseason because I know that means your whole season is basically gone at that point. My bi- my biggest concern is that say they start out, say they somehow win one of these next three games, right? For instance, they're one and three going to the bye. That's where the schedule really lightens up. Like the next five games are all pretty winnable football games. They somehow get to nine and seven, miss the playoffs, and everyone keeps their job. That's, is that worst case scenario for that's you? That's what I said was worst case scenario. So going like, into this like I'm very concerned that that's what's going to wind up happening, where we're going to show progress, but there's no progress. I am. Beyond living, that's, why, that's at this I, point. I told you because going three twelve and one. If they go seven and nine or eight and eight, that's like, hey, we got five games better. Yeah. We can only get better now, right? Yeah. And they keep their job. That's that was my big concern. I thought I always thought this season should be playoffs or you're fired. Yeah. But I think it, it's going to turn into if you're eight and eight, nine and seven, but you just you just miss. You're like the eight seed or something. You're yeah. like. We were we were almost there. We only right. needed like one more game. A lot of people were hurt early. You know, blah 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 blah. And then they keep their job for another year. And then and it's just gonna prolong because I don't think they're the right people for it. Yeah. So it's just gonna keep prolonging the okay. But we're gonna eventually have to fire you because you're not the. Right I just want to see some sense of urgency out of this freaking team, out of this coaching staff, right? Like Patricia's walking around like his ass ain't on fire. But let's be real here. We're dropping stuff everywhere. All excited. We're all angry. Like. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm at a point now where I'm like, dude, your your job is like on the line now. If they go out and obviously when if you guys are gonna hear this after the Green Bay game, but I'm gonna say they go out Green Bay and they get blown out, I'm done. Like I'm already I'm already done. Let me be clear. But like the sad part is that they beat Green Bay today. Their season kind of gets put back on track a little bit. You know what I mean? Or they somehow upset Arizona or upset uh, the Saints or whatever. Then it kind of gets put back a little bit. But like. The defense has made, and I tried so hard to talk myself into it, that, that, that finally we were going to have some sort of relative, like, jump in, like, performance. And it's the same exact shit. Yeah. The exact same stuff. I'm out of my mind, bananas, pissed yeah. about this thing. We're going to talk about it more in the next couple weeks because as the season kind of, unvol- like, kind unveils, of unveils a little bit, I'm going to reserve some things. But at the moment, tick, mother effing talk. That's all I got to say. Okay. All right. That's going to be it for this week's show. He's the whale man. He's Merckson on the Mouth of Michigan. We will see you guys, as always, next time.